1: please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop
0: Torah, the podcast where we look at Judaism and how it influences our understanding of pop culture and how pop culture influences our appreciation of Jewish texts and tradition. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky.
1: And I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf.
0: And today we are talking about the new HBO Max series, Winning Time, which focuses on the Lakers dynasty of the early 80s. Mike, you want to take it away and tell us
1: about the show? Sure. So uh, the show uh, premiered on HBO Max uh, a a couple of months ago. There are eight episodes uh, that have uh, streamed so far um, of what I imagine will be something like a 10 episode first season run, maybe nine episodes Uh, in the first season, 10 episode first season run. Uh, Although I I believe it has already been uh, renewed for a second season. So so if you are enjoying this show, uh, we should get more winning time next year. And I think that there's a lot more story to tell, uh, obviously. But the show chronicles the the building and rise of the uh, NBA powerhouse Los Angeles Lakers uh, beginning with the 1979-1980 season, which was uh, also the rookie season of legendary basketball star Irvin Magic Johnson uh coming from uh Michigan State where he uh, leads uh where he leads them to a national championship uh over uh a man who remains uh Magic Johnson's rival uh, into the NBA, uh, Larry Bird, who uh, begins his rookie year that same year with the Boston Celtics, um, a team that becomes the rival to the Lakers uh, for dominance of the NBA during that era as well. Um, So there is a a rivalry story uh, within this. Uh, But it also chronicles uh, the uh, building of the team, the buying of the team, and then the building of the team, uh, by Dr. Jerry Buss uh, and uh, and his uh, and, and his daughter Jeannie Buss. Uh, Jerry Buss is played by John C. Riley. Magic Johnson, by the way, is played by newcomer Quincy Isaiah. We can talk about his performance. John uh, yeah, C. Riley,
0: by the way, I think is great in the show.
1: I think he's I think he's doing a great job too. Uh, and uh, and and we are we see uh, you know some legendary figures uh, in the show uh, like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Uh, uh, legendary basketball coach Pat Riley played played by Adrian Brody um, and uh, and of course Larry Bird Um, lots of historical figures uh, and still living figures depicted in the show Uh, and uh, you know with varying degrees depending on who you ask of historical accuracy Um, and so that is something that we will uh, talk about as well Uh, but uh, real quick if you haven't seen the show yet and don't want spoilers. Um, we're going to talk about uh, every episode that has uh, aired so far. Um, and also, though, if
0: you do not know sports history, spoiler alert: the Lakers won a
1: lot of championships. That's right. Um, uh, so uh, that's that's. I think you know we can give spoilers about the show, uh, but of course, the history is the history. The the uh, the the record is the record. Um, although, as uh, as I mentioned, some people have uh, noted that the show takes some um, some liberties with uh, with the historical records. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. The show is created by uh, filmmaker Adam McKay. Uh, you know him most recently for uh, controversial Oscar nominee "Don't Look Up," which we talked about on the pod uh, a little while back. Um, but also the creator of uh, such films as uh, Anchorman, Talladega Nights. Um, and uh vice uh the big short and on and on um so he's really kind of in the thread of uh of those movies of of uh, of, of the big short and vice of, of- of uh, historical depictions that take some liberties uh, with, the histor- with the history and also um, tell the story in a really kind of entertaining and compelling way. He even directed uh, the, the premiere episode of, of Winning Time. Um, so it's based on a book by uh, Jeff Pearlman called Showtime, Magic Kareem Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s. Um, there is a lot of show here to talk about. Jesse, what did you think so far of winning time?
0: Thought it's a fine show thus far. Um, it deals more with um, sort of the, the glitz and glamor of, of that life, um, less uh, substance that, that, than I would like, as the season picks up and it focuses, you know, each episode uh, focuses in on one specific uh, star of that team and of that franchise. Uh, it, it, it digs deeper. Uh, into um, the individual uh, challenges that each player or each character um, deals with. I think a couple things. One, uh, I didn't really appreciate, and this really shows my, my youth, um, how unpopular the NBA was in the late 70s and early 80s. Right now, arguably, it's the second most popular uh, league in this country uh, after uh, the NFL. Um, and, uh, the NBA and professional basketball was just not as popular, uh, as a sport then. Uh, and certainly LA was not a popular sports town, right? They, they now have two NBA, uh, two NBA franchises, two NFL franchises. Uh, do you include, uh, the angels, they have, they have two MLB franchises, uh, uh, an NHL franchise and, um, the there was this whole debate when, when
1: um, if, you, if you're counting the Angels as an LA franchise, then you got to count, uh, the uh, you guys, oh, I guess get, the Ducks, no yeah, I
0: guess the, the Ducks too, uh, that's fair. Um, but they, they, um, you, you know, when, when bus buy, buys the team, uh, he, his whole idea is that we're going to make LA a sports town, and I think that is just as interesting of a subplot. Uh, of of the story as is how to create a winning NBA team.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. Um and I think that it's interesting to kind of, you know, compare and contrast uh this series with another series that we um that that we talked about uh I think now a couple of years ago, um The Last Dance, which was a documentary series um on ESPN that that chronicled um the um the, the dominance of the Chicago bulls of the 1990s with Michael Jordan, Scotty Piven and, um, and, and, and also was a reflection or meditation on, you know, what it takes to win um, and the, the, you know, the, the costs of that. Um, and that's obviously one of the things that the, that winning time uh, really uh, meditates on as well. It, it, it you know, opens uh, with uh, you know, flash forward to Magic Johnson getting the news that he has contracted HIV, uh, famously, um, and uh, and then and then explores in this first season, um, you know, some of the behaviors uh, that Magic Johnson uh, was engaged in uh, in in those early years, you know, um, be, and likely you know, being, later
0: years, being and promiscuous. Well, certainly the later
1: years too, being being very, you know. Um, almost corrupted by the temptations of, of fame and being, you know, um, being both consumed with, um, with, with, with winning, but also, um, uh, starry-eyed about, you know, what you get when you are beloved by everyone and by, uh, and, and, you know, by being a, a superstar. Um, but, uh, but, but you're right, you know, this is not only about, the building of the Lakers. It's about the building of Los Angeles into a uh, a sports city. It's about the building of the NBA um, into a a, a a powerhouse league. It's about the building of the uh, the lives and the careers of some of uh, the NBA's you know most famous personalities: Matthew Johnson, Pat Riley, Larry Bird, um, uh, and and so on. And also the unmaking of uh, of, of of many people two um you know I, you, you mentioned substance before um and uh the the show has just started exploring um the uh, burgeoning substance abuse uh challenges that uh that that um uh, NBA veteran Spencer Haywood struggled with, uh, later in his career, um, uh, with, uh, with, with crack cocaine, um, uh, being also part of the story of the, of the early 1980s, um, and, and sports, um, uh, which, you know, was, was wrapped up in the celebrity lifestyle of, um, of, of sports stars. So, um, so winning time is, I think a very fitting, um, fitting title for for the show because it because it talks about you know what it takes to win and the costs of what it takes to win.
0: I, I think you know we see that early in the second episode with Jerry West who was a, a celebrated Laker um flashback to when he won a championship. Um, as a player, uh, and now as a, the head coach of the Lakers struggles to do that. But you saw after he won that championship, what she said, you know, was what he, he fought for, waited for his entire life to show flashbacks to him as a child, uh, with his, um, hands bloodied with, with you know, to staying outside in the, the dead cold of, of winter, com- continuing to shoot th- free throws as a kid, um. And he had nobody to celebrate with. He, he went to a bar, had a few drinks, and, and had a one-night stand to celebrate uh, because it actually wasn't winning that brought him happiness. Um, he thought that that's what he needed to be happy, uh, and he wasn't. And then we saw the the Jerry West as a head coach, the relationship between him and his family and how he, he – um, You know, I I don't want to diagnose him, but the show suggests he suffers from mental illness uh, and and depression and that that he would just uh, knock it out of bed for stretches uh, at a time because he was unhappy and couldn't find happiness in the drive to win. He thought that that would give him happiness, but it wasn't.
1: Well, also, you know, also potentially substance abuse. And he's, uh, he's, he's depicted as a survivor of uh, childhood trauma of, uh, of an abusive uh, household. Um, and now, I, I should point out that the real life Jerry West um, who the show uh, notes um, is is such a legendary basketball figure that his silhouette is the uh, is the logo of the uh, still today of the NBA. Um, you know it's it's pretty extraordinary. Although you know uh, they, they point out the show you know is Jerry West satisfied about that you know absolutely not um but the real life jerry west has uh has even gone so far as to send a cease and desist order uh to the producers of the show and demanding a public apology um because he does not think that he is being depicted accurately uh in the show that it's you know almost amounts to defamation of character about how he's depicted um and so we'll, we'll maybe circle back to you know the the license that the show takes with uh with with historical fact and with um with with real life people um but uh you know there's there's a scene in the uh, uh latest episode uh between Jerry West and, and Magic Johnson that that I think is you know worth exploring so it happens after Magic Johnson after the Lakers Uh, play and uh, get creamed Creamed. by uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, uh, who are led by, you know, legendary basketball superstar, Julius Dr. J Irving, uh, who is one of Magic Johnson's heroes growing up, you know, that shows flashbacks to him uh, practicing basketball in his room, pretending that he's being, you know, playing against Dr. J with posters of Dr. J uh, in his uh, in, in his uh, room growing up. And he gets to play with his hero and he's starstruck getting to play with his, with his hero. Dr. J is depicted as being a very gracious and, and kind person, but also very you know fierce competitor and, and extremely talented basketball player as he was. Um, and, uh, and, and Magic Johnson is, you know, uh, is just bowled over by Dr. J and, and, and the team by the, by the Sixers uh, in that, in that game. And so there's a, he's, he's, he's bummed out about it um, sitting in the locker room by himself. Jerry West comes in um, and Jerry West, has this conversation with him say like, you know, do you, uh, you know, uh, saying like, you, you know, I didn't want to draft you. This is, you know, back when Jerry West was the head coach of the Lakers at the time of the NBA draft in the beginning of the seventy nine eighty season, season um, and ended up quitting, um, which the show depicts being replaced uh, ultimately by uh, Jack McKinney, which is another drama in and of itself. Um but, uh, uh, but Jerry West didn't want to draft magic Johnson and, uh, and magic says, why didn't you want to draft me? And Jerry West says, I didn't want to draft you because you were, you were too happy. Um, or at least you, uh, you, you cared too much about being happy and also about being liked by people, but that's not a winning. I didn't think that you wanted to win. Right. Um, cause those are different things, right? Do you want to be happy or do you want to win? And Jerry West says, at least to Magic Johnson, you know, for me in my life, um, being happy wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to win. And I consequently have never been happy because, um, because I didn't win as much as I hoped I would win, right? That I got this one ring, but I wish I had five, you know, wish I had them on every finger, 10, you know, on all, on all my fingers. Um, and that's what it takes to, you know, to, to to be a champion, is the desire, you know, uh, not to be happy, not to be liked, not to make friends, but to win no matter what, and to not be satisfied unless you're winning no matter what. And I, and I wonder, you know, so Magic Johnson in that scene, you know, uh, is trying to convince himself and Jerry West, you know, I do want to win, I do want to win. Um, and we'll see how that plays out, you know, down down the line uh, for 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 Magic Johnson and for the rest of the team. But I, but I wonder if, if we could reflect on that like uh, dynamic for a moment. Of you know, what do you think Judaism would say, Jesse, about you know about that piece of wisdom? You know, like you know, you, you might have to choose between being happy or winning, and um, and and you know. Jerry West would say my choice would be to choose winning right um what do you think Judaism would say about that
0: um th- there's a have you ever seen fever pitch it's a, a movie it was based based on a book it came out uh in, in like uh 2005 2006 uh, um about uh diehard Red Sox fans when the Red Sox finally Jimmy and uh, yeah drew Barrymore yeah, drew Barrymore. And there's yeah I didn't see it that- it's like right after uh, the, the, Red, the Red Sox lose again to the Yankees and they're about to be out, out of, knocked out of the playoffs, uh, they come back and win. Uh, and um, Jimmy Fallon and his fans of diehard Red Sox fans are, are at a bar and they see a bunch of you know, Red Sox players, uh, Johnny Damon and Jason Veritek having dinner and they're happy. And they're like, how can they be happy? We as fans are miserable. A team just lost. Um, and and I, I thought of that immediately the players are players and they they try their best and how could you truthfully not be happy you're playing a kids game and you're getting paid a ton of money to do it um how how can then that, that not bring you joy in your life if you're just trying your hardest um that being said you know what does judaism say which we've quoted before Pirkei avot says azihu she'ere samech bechoko Uh, who is rich one, who's happy with their portion. And and, um, when you are content with what you have, and when, what you have achieved, um, you should be happy. I think the problem with a Jerry West, the problem with some uh, others is that it's never enough. You can look at a team like the Yankees who who have uh, made the playoffs um, almost every season uh, in the past 20 years. Right. I think, uh, there was one season they, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, Maybe they even did make the playoffs, but you know, there's a team that haven't won the world series since. Oh, Oh nine. I think it was right. That as a result, Yankees fans are unhappy. Um, And I, as a fan of the Orioles, which, you know, we haven't won a world series since since 83, I I would take making the playoffs every season and I I would be very happy. but it goes to show you what is happiness and what represents happiness. Um, it's not about winning, right? You have 30 teams in a league. There's only one team that can, can win every year. Um, I think you have to be happy as long as you tried your hardest.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, would you say, though, as an Orioles fan, that happiness might be defined as Yankees, when Yankees fans are unhappy uh, I I do I do appreciate when the Yankees lose. That that brings me joy as well. Um. Right. So, you know, uh, um, there's no greater joy than the joy of the downfall of your enemy. Um, we as 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 we learn on on uh, on uh, Pesach, you know, after the uh, the uh, the Egyptians drowned in the sea, the, the children of Israel burst into song. Um, uh, the angels want to also. But uh, but but God uh, rebukes them and says, uh, my, my children are drowning in the sea and you want to sing songs. Um you know, it's, it, 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 there are a lot of characters in the show that I think, you know, fall into that uh, trap. Right. Um, uh, so you, you mentioned, you know, Jerry West. Um, Magic Johnson, you know, seems to be uh, tempted to go down that road. Uh, Larry Bird is depicted as, you know, a miserable person um and uh and 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 arguably like you know maybe only satisfied when when he's winning um we don't get a lot of the interiority of of larry bird he's um he's he's not i i imagine larry bird i i never like you know I, uh growing up in the in the 80s and, and 90s um and seeing you know kind of the the uh remembering larry bird mostly from the mcdonald's, the McDonald's commercials, commercials. Yeah. um I, you know, I, I think of him much more jovially than that. Uh, but the show wants to also pick up the sort of racial dynamics that you know Larry Bird was a, you know, uh, a, at least in the show's depiction, not a particularly nice person, but was you know um, the golden boy of the NBA at the time, right. primarily because he was white, whereas Magic Johnson was was you know more more talented. And more, Red Black mentions organic.
0: that at the owners' meeting, that sort of thing.
1: Right uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, wasn't given, you know, his due in the same way, um, you know, because, because of the color of his skin, um, but, uh, you know, Jerry West, Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss, there's a scene where Jerry Buss, you know, uh, buys the Lakers, uh, he's, he's excited about it. He's worked hard to, you know, to scrape the money together, to, to, to get it done, to hustle, um, and uh, and he and he feels really empty about it, and he's like not sure why. Um, and his uh, business partner says, you know, you remember when we bought Jerry West? You know, uh, made his uh, uh, fortune uh, in real estate. Um, and he bought, you know, some huge building, tallest building I think in New York or something like that. And uh, you know, he said, you know, we 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 stood on top of that tower and and uh, and and you know, kind of took it in. Um, and I. Uh, was you know was was happy for a minute uh and then was not happy anymore right that, that that was like that was a fleeting feeling because you know it was all about you know what's what's next what's the next conquest um that that I'm that I'm going to have and and I thought in that scene and and as we're having this conversation I thought about the wisdom of shabbat too as as the jewish traditions um antidote to that um, inclination that we all have as, as human beings for more. You know, I, I think of the Springsteen lyric, you know, poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. Um, and, uh, and and to the to that Jewish tradition, I think, says, you know, right? So like, do everything you can in the six days, but on the seventh day, you, you've got to stop no matter what. Right, um, so there, there, there is a, a a break. You know, Heschel calls it an armistice. Right in the um, in the in the rhythm of you know the pursuit of of more, accomplishing more, building more, uh, acquiring more. Right, and and Judaism says um, there's there's nothing necessarily evil about that. Uh, so long as you recognize that that's not the totality of your existence and that there's more to existing than than acquiring and building and so and so we we are given shabbat as a as an as an antidote you know to um to that you know winning time to that winning drive um uh, because you know uh, like the um like the saying goes you know winning isn't everything right um yeah, and, you know, and I think that in the show, um, the the best representation of that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, who is you know who's who shown as you know saying something similar to what you said a, a moment ago, Jesse. That like you know I get to play this this child's game um, and and that I enjoy for a period of time, get paid a lot of money for it, um, but it's not what my life is about. Like I well, do it also,
0: in- you know, exploring his faith. Uh, and yeah. the show, I think that that uh, has centered him, and that often influences um, also what what he's feeling.
1: Um, I, I I think of, um, which by the way, I appreciate. I, I don't think I really appreciated enough. Um, uh, first of all, what what a what what a trailblazer, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Was how challenging it was. You know, he's you know very much like Muhammad Ali in in, sure. in that way. Um, and uh, and and you know what a what a powerful activist he was and still is. Still is. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, growing up, um, you know, marveling at him as a player. I think I even had a Kareem Abdul Jabbar poster in my room up at uh, for 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 a time. But I don't think I really kind of understood um you know his his significance
0: um you know I, I think uh there was a recent interview with jim carrey uh who when he was doing the press tour for for sonic 2 which spoiler alert is not a good movie um but uh if you're anything like me you will do anything and take your children to see it if it makes them happy um and uh he basically announced the press tour that he's planning on retiring Uh, And he said, and they asked him why, and he said, you probably won't hear many celebrities say this, but he said, I'm happy. I'm content with what I've done, with what I've achieved. Uh, I've done enough. Um, And I think there's something really to that idea. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, being content with, with who you are. Uh, and I think that that's a lesson for all of us, Mike, I want to shift gears for a second. Can can I just,
1: can I just like pull on that thread for a second? That, that idea of enough, um, is, is such a powerful idea. We, we just finished, we just came out of Pesach, you know, we alluded to it a moment ago, right. And one of the most memorable parts of the Seder is singing, you know, enough. And, and you, you, you know, read that, uh, song about, you know, all the kind of, uh, parts of the Exodus story and say, okay, like it, it wouldn't have been enough just to leave Egypt. It wouldn't have been enough just to get the Torah, just to just to have Shabbat. but the the, the spiritual practice of that song is um, could you live in a world? could you could you imagine yourself? Could you like practice that that spiritual discipline of saying like yes actually like if I if I if all God did, was take me out of Egypt, Dayenu, like that would have been enough. I would be grateful for that. <inaudible> like you said, right? who's a who's a rich person? A person who is uh, content with what they have, who thinks that you know, whatever it is, it's enough. Right, right.
0: Which is also interesting because uh there they is theologically problematic from a, a, a story of the Jewish. Uh, journey, because uh, I don't know if it would have been enough if we never received Torah, if we uh, never entered the promised land, uh, that sort of thing, if we never had Shabbat. Uh, It's Monday morning quarterbacking. It's enough given the fact we have all that we have, um, right? Uh, When when you've won uh, as many championships as, as Michael Jordan has won, could say, all right, it was enough. He was willing to walk away and play minor league baseball, uh, but it turns out it wasn't enough, and so he came back to continue to play for the Bulls and win three more championships.
1: You know, you know what I think of? Uh, I think of uh, Moonlight Graham in Field of Dreams. Right? So, like, he got he got one at bat uh, in the in the major leagues. That's all he needed, uh, and then he's ready right, to
0: be that old man again.
1: Right in right in and he's if if I had you know. Um, if I had only been a small town doctor for one day, that would have been a tragedy for me, right? Um, The fact that I only got to play baseball, professional baseball for one game, one at bat, like that was a joy when I had it, but that's not the tragedy of my life, right? It would have been a tragedy if I didn't get to do this thing that, that I love and brings me satisfaction and joy.
0: Absolutely. Um, Speaking about that Passover story, uh, if if that's okay, Mike. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, that uh, the the real life personalities of this Lakers dynasty have disputed their depictions uh, in this show. Um, Actually, Jerry West has uh, uh, threatened with a cease and desist order of the show, um, and uh, you know, Jabbar has
1: objected to his depiction. So is Magic Johnson
0: with any. Hollywood depiction uh, uh, of uh, real life events, there's a fictionalization of it, right? You, you have to take a story and shape it to make it a more interesting story. Um, I remember famously when David Wolpe, uh, Rabbi David Wolpe of Sinai Temple on, on Passover one, one year uh, told his congregation that the Exodus never happened uh, and it doesn't matter. Um, and in reality, it's, you know, who knows if the exodus happened, but certainly if it happened, it likely did not happen the way we teach it, the way we read it from a historical context. But, uh, because, uh, the way memory works, we have taught ourselves to remember the exodus the way we read it, uh, that, uh, uh the way we read it in Torah and text, and scripture is the way it happened because that's the way we have learned that it happened and, um, that there is um a risk to the um shaping of history uh the way our uh we, we want history to be taught right my father who grew up in in uh florida says they you know he never learned about the civil war he learned about the the war of northern aggression uh, and, and that was a conscious way of history being taught. We see that now with uh, certain math books being banned uh, by, by uh, the state of Florida because there's a concern that, that uh, it, it has CRT being taught in math or something crazy like that, that this sort of woke agenda, quote unquote. Um, but there is something to the idea of that we shape history in a certain way, based, subjectively based on what history we want to be taught.
1: Well, right. I think. Listen. I think that the that that to me, when I when I think of you know something like winning time or you know uh, maybe Le Havdiel, the the Exodus story, you know what 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 we're what we're talking about, you know, may have elements of historical fact in it, but we're not necessarily telling history here. What we're doing is. Um, uh, uh, weaving a narrative to communicate a, a particular point or a particular message. Um, and, you know, so I, I don't think, you know, there's, there's, there's nowhere in the Exodus story that says, what you are about to read is an accurate depiction of exactly what happened 1,500 years ago, right? Um, it, it, you know, it, 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 reads, it, it reads almost like a fairy tale. But I don't need I don't need a fairy tale to be historically accurate to um, uh, to 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 understand the message that it conveys to 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 harvest the the truth about life in the world that it conveys. Sometimes fiction um, uh, uh, yields more truth than uh, that, than fact. So um, uh, so. Uh, you know, and th- there's there's that saying, right? There's you know, uh, there there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Like the, the the historical fact may not necessarily um, uh, tell us anything uh, that is actually useful. And uh, and so you know, winning time um, is taking um, historical figure you know, historical figures. Some many of them are still alive, but um, you know, uh, uh, actual people. But fictionalizing them, um, an actual story, but fictionalizing it, um, not necessarily to tell us what happened then, um, although that's, I think, questionable and arguable in this case, the, the, the ethics of it, you know, that it does in a way uh, purport to say, you know, this is what happened then. Um, and it is, I think, a good question, you know, for, for those of us who think about, you know, uh, ethics in, in this way, you know, is it ethical to depict an actual person, you know, in a derogatory way, um, uh, uh, you know, knowing that the way that you're depicting them may not be accurate, um, in order because it works for your story, you know. Um, so, like, could they have told this about a totally, you know, made up team, right, with made up players, and made up characters, in order to convey the same messages? Would it have been as effective? I don't would know.
0: I, would, would I care, right, as a viewer? Right. Would I care? I think
1: that that's I think that that's different than than the uh, than than what we're seeing play out now, when you mentioned Florida, it's happening in Virginia, places all over the country, um, which is an attempt to deliberately distort history um, in order to accomplish, um, uh, you know, particular political agenda for the purpose of 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 uh, um, attaining and maintaining. Um, a particular kind of power that I think is a different thing than what we're talking about here. Um, So, you know, so to me, so to me, you know, whether or not the exodus um, is historical fact um, uh, doesn't, doesn't really matter or bother me. Um, But if I wanted to know, um, you know, what happened to the ancient Israelites um, because it, uh, it, it's important to understand, you know, where actually we come from, where where our people has been, the dynamics of ancient Egypt, and 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 what that can tell you. Know, all of those things, like, it's important to honestly look into and confront the actual historical record for other reasons, right? But I, but what I what I wouldn't want is to say okay you know the the exodus narrative is historical fact we're going to look at it like historical fact and the reason we're going to look at it like historical fact is uh so that we can um uh we can impose sanctions on the modern country of Egypt
0: yeah but i right i, I think we the 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 exodus narrative is crafted in a specific way because uh I'm not interested in modern biblical historical criticism or anything like that. I'm interested as a rabbi in the um, theology and ideology that comes from that Exodus story. And so it's crafted in a way that that um, inspires me right, that, that helps me as a believer in my relationship with God that I often wrestle with. It's because it gives me hope when at times I feel like all hope is lost. Uh, it's because it inspires me to uh, be a leader like Moses and Miriam or a leader like Nachshon or a leader like Shifra and Pua uh, who all show leadership in different ways, Um and I'm not interested in the whether whether that is fact or fiction. Uh, I think it teaches important lessons nonetheless. And I, I think the Adam McKay's uh, were interested in telling a specific story, uh, as interesting as the Lakers dynasty was, as interesting a, a, as the ownership of Bus is, a, as interested as the dynamic between uh, Magic Johnson and Jerry West is. Um, As interested as, you know, the backdrop of LA is, you want to tell a certain story, you make creative decisions to tell that story that you want viewers to experience.
1: Right. He wants to tell a story about the corrupting influence of celebrity, about the costs of, of, of winning, about toxic masculinity, about uh, about you know uh, uh systemic racism. Right. That's the story that that Adam McKay, I think, is trying to tell in this using this you kind know, of historical setting um as a way to um to to explore those themes in an entertaining way. You know, so um and, and I think that that's you know, so so. Um, you know, to me, and this is the same as as the Exodus, I actually, you know, it's not that I don't care whether or not it's historical fact. I actually would rather not look at it as historical fact, um, because that's not, I think, what the Exodus story is striving to communicate. I don't think it's trying to tell us a story about history. I think it's trying to tell us, you know, in the same way that the Haggadah says, right? It's, it's trying to tell us like, this is not a story about what happened then. This is a story about what's happening to you right now. Right. That's what that's what the Exodus story is trying to communicate. Don't don't worry about whether or not, you know, this is an accurate depiction of um, of historical events.
0: Right. Torah is truth in that it is an allegory for our our lives, experiences today. Um, And if that is the case, right, that we are constantly trying to free ourselves from our own and from our own narrow places, um, then what are the lessons Adam McKay is trying to teach? for all of us today. I think the lessons of the, the um, Lakers of the eighties the
1: still rings true today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to know um, what lessons you take from winning time and what you think of the show. Uh, let us know. And uh, as always, we, we hope that you'll continue to uh, rate and review us. Uh, so more people can find pop Torah and smash that subscribe button. So you'll always uh, get to hear from us all of our hot takes on the pop culture of the day.
0: Let's be real, we are a podcast dynasty. These We're pumping out these episodes
1: for our millions and millions of listeners. We don't stop. Just just sinking basket after basket, nothing but net. Well, until no,
0: next time. Dunking,
1: dunking on uh, the Joe Rogans of the world in <laughs> in <laughs> podcast land.
0: Until next time, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky.
1: And I'm Rabbi Michael Na.
0: We just keep winning. Take care.